everybody to Tuning Fork. It's a show about music and the Pitchfork Media hype machine. I'm David. My name is Matt, and breaking news: do 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 Wayne Coyne arrested. Oh no! Wayne Coyne arrested for what reason? Just for being a creepy guy. Just in general, being the worst guy on the planet. Hi, I'm we're 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 joined by Mace today. Hi, I'm Mace. I didn't know I couldn't bring this grenade full of confetti to the airport. <laughs> Mace is the only person here who has uh as the only person here who has touched butts directly with Wayne Coyne. <laughs> oh yeah, my god. That's true. I forgot all about that. Luckily luckily the internet never forgets. The the TSA just doesn't have a sense of humor about the flaming lips anymore. Yeah, so I I Okay, I was a big Flaming Lips fan in like the early late 2000s, early 2010s, y'all remember. Um Oh yeah. And then he did a lot of, Wayne Coyne did a lot of things, and I swore them off forever, and now I'm almost 30, and I sit in my car on the way home from work, and I listen to Klaus Taste Metallic, and I'm like, I remember when I didn't have obligations. <laughs> <laughs> we all we all have that, that band. Uh, yeah, I, I think for me, it's probably, it's probably Animal Collective that, that brings that out still. I listen to Centipede Hurts, and I, I remember having obligations. And you mm-hmm. shoot the gun. <laughs> and then you shoot the gun that you got. Yeah. <laughs> so, the Flaming Lips we've never covered before. Like, we've we've made allusions to Wayne Coyne previously, but, uh, yeah, they, they started in the 80s. They've been around for quite a while. Um, didn't really have a commercial breakthrough uh, besides, like, a one-off hit called She Don't Use Jelly in 1993. Um, and then around... The late 90s, uh, early 2000s, they had the Soft Bulletin and Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots, which were kind of their mainstream success moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those albums both did very well. Yeah, yeah. like uh, astoundingly well. Yeah. And and for um, cla- uh, sorry for um, the Soft Bulletin, we get our we, we get that large pitchfork discrepancy as um, <laughs> we'll get to it. But the album we're covering today got zero. The soft, bulletin, the soft bulletin got 10 on its <laughs> yeah. initial release. So that, that was a, the full gamut in two consecutive releases, <laughs> which I think is the only band we're covering with that. Both of those reviews were written by the same Pitchfork writer. <laughs> oh, I love that. I didn't, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yep, Jason Josephs. What was that guy doing with his life? They're, they're like, I think the Zyrika the, the review, he didn't really engage with the work at all. No, yeah, he just the, straight the up most, does not. <laughs> the most he actually says about it is that uh, he attempted to listen to it one CD at a time on his broken CD player and did, doesn't really comment about anything about it at all. Yeah, Pitchfork reviewers just like posted anything in the late 90s. <laughs> they, they'd be posting. It really was just posting. <laughs> yeah. They, they were truly just like whatever, like between that and that one Ryan Schreiber uh, review that he posted. Oh, the John Coltrane one? <laughs> yeah, the, the Coltrane one. <laughs> of course yeah. you meant the Coltrane one. <laughs> That's the one every time anybody anybody ever mentions Ryan Schreiber uh, reviewing anything. It's <laughs> yeah. just uh, that one. <laughs> Pitchfork oh, in the 90s the the really was the ultimate blogging begins. <laughs> oh, man, I miss yeah, tub. Yeah, real tub hours. <laughs> yeah. It was shit posting. Mm-hmm. It was. Did you it know was that? Night, it was night blogging. <laughs> Speaking of um of shit posting, uh, apparently John Mayer called his new album shit posting on Pitchfork. <laughs> I don't like All it. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't I think was, you're allowed to do that, John. I was taken aback by think, that. I think you, when you have a certain audience, it's just not shit posting anymore. It's content. It's just posting. Shit posting yeah. and, post and content are completely different categories. Content, content, co- content. 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 We also have uh, for for Pitchfork um, their their time capsule series that they did uh, around their fifteenth anniversary. And uh, Mark Richardson did like a did a review that was like a counter to the original review, yeah. Uh, that he wrote for the site. And uh, when you when you have um, uh, is it Jason Jason Josephs? Yeah, yeah. Jason Josephs not taking the album seriously at all. Um, we have the complete opposite extreme where Mark Richardson takes it way too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Richardson, he's an, he's um, in addition to doing a bunch of like stuff for Pitchfork, he's also like a big Flaming Lips guy. He was in the community for yeah. the longest, longest time. Yeah, and I, I mean, I respect the work he does, but I think he takes the Flaming Lips way too seriously. <laughs> yeah, for for me, uh, when I started uh, to really kind of rethink. Uh, not not really the flaming lips, but more just Wayne Coyne as a person in general. Uh, I think the first the first thing that kind of made me give the side eye was the weed flavored gummy skull with a USB stick inside of it. Yeah, um, <laughs> like that that I could see they're like they they know like their audience will buy weird shit, but it just kind of seemed like something where they were trying to be like controversial, and then they did the blood filled record. <laughs> I had um, every single one of those 2011 gummy records except for the skull and the 24 hour song. Yeah. <laughs> it was. The 24 hour song is a bit much. The, the yeah. thing is it's a bop mostly. Yeah. I just I just don't have the time. Uh, yeah. And then he then Wayne like started hanging out with Miley Cyrus a little bit too much and uh And also it, like it was, fucking Amanda Palmer. It was very uncomfortable to witness. Um, yeah, and like the the whole thing where he uh, like m- like mistreated uh, Erica Badu with that video, um, mm-hmm. where like the uncensored cut was or unedited cut was released um, to the internet, yeah, uh, without her permission. Um, there was the whole thing where they where he uh, where he probably there's like conflicting reports on it but he fired cliff skurlock for saying one of his friends was racist yeah that that did happen that is exactly what happened and then they leaked all the text messages and wayne was a yeah. huge dick <laughs> right because like um cliff was always cliff was always like really big on like indigenous rights right that was yeah. like that was that was what the dust up was largely about mm-hmm. yeah um well because like they're from oklahoma which like of all states for that to uh to be relevant it's one of the big ones um right. yeah i can't even remember what the dust up was about i think it was it was specifically like the uh the governor was being a racist piece of shit and wayne was like friends with them so here's and, like, the defending story. them right here's what happened okay the governor's daughter uh, it was 2014, so uh, we were still kind of in the vestiges of people wearing headdresses for whatever. Uh, and the governor's daughter was in a band where they just did that. Uh, they thought they were cool by doing that. And uh, Wayne was, like, partying with them and enjoying and posting it on Instagram and shit. And Cliff was like, hey, that's fucked up. And Wayne was like, no, it's not. And then he made fun <laughs> of them on Instagram uh, in a photo where they all wore headdresses. Yeah. And, um, right. And there was a whole big dust up over that between him and Cl- him and Cliff. Cliff got thrown out, and then Cliff still after 
like after the fact came on went on record with Pitchfork I think and was like yeah Wayne's not racist it's his friends but still yeah like I mean some at some point it's like what what kind of company are you keeping right yeah 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 there's there's this whole thing with uh like certain psychedelic musicians like getting uh a little bit uh feeling a little bit too comfortable like um trying to be a part of the culture that they're appropriating Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and let's not forget when he, like, randomly divorced his wife and started dating, like, a 20-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> They've got well, a kid now, by the way. This part will probably yeah. be cut out. <laughs> I had to double-check because I wasn't sure of, like, the, the band composition timeline, but there was... Stephen Drozd was still on drums for Zyrica. Yeah. Yeah, so Zyrica came out uh, right before the Soft Bulletin came out. Um, so it came out in 97, uh, and you need, uh, four CD players to play it as it God, was originally really, released. <laughs> we never really said why it got a zero, huh? Yeah. <laughs> we, and, yeah, you've got people assuming it was just like a one disc release. It was really bad, but no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. So it requires four CD players or, you know, four devices with speakers to listen to. Uh, and that was the entire reason it got a zero was just because the pitchfork writer, uh, didn't currently have a way to, uh, listen to it properly and didn't try. So you would think the pitchfork offices in 1997 would have four CD players somewhere, right? You would think. (laughs) I'd also think like in, in 1990, in 1997, it probably wasn't a huge ask to find four friends that have a boombox. So really Jason is just putting himself out there as a guy who has no friends. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The, um, the thing he says is that uh, the reason that it doesn't make sense is because, quote, Flaming Lips fans spend all their money on inhalants and detox and can't afford four CD players. <laughs> we love being edgy, don't we? We do love being edgy. And I don't think the idea was for one person to afford four CD players themselves. It's no, supposed however, to be like a social thing. It, it came from the parking lot experiments the Flaming Lips did in like... It was, was it, like, 1996, after Ronald Jones left because uh, Drowes was doing too much heroin? Um, in 96 or so, they were like, oh, we don't have a guitarist. Let's just record 40 tapes and have 40 cars play the shit at the same time. And then... Yeah, sure, why not? That Yeah, that's where it came from. That's Here's the thing. That sounds fun. Like, as mm-hmm. a yeah. concert idea, that is fun. In, oh yeah, that's a that's a totally respectable way to do things. Yeah, in the, in the 90s, however, like, I don't know about, like emissions at the time though so like doing that in like a parking garage i don't know if you'd like die of inhaling something but it's fine no it seems fine (laughs) yeah so mace i think out of the three of us you're the only person uh who has actually listened to this album as intended yes uh the year was 2007 (laughs) i was like what like 14 years old how old am i uh uh hold on yeah i was 14 years old and I had just really gotten into the Flaming Lips, uh, and I had no friends because I was uh, the kind of person who had gotten into the Flaming Lips at fourteen. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a, I had an old Windows Vista laptop. I had a uh, boombox from the nineties that my parents still had. Uh, mm-hmm. I had an Xbox three sixty, and Fuck yes, <laughs> and I had a, I think it was a Discman or something. Okay, that yeah. I did all four at the same time by myself. Uh, I tried to get my sibling Aldo to help me, 
but they said, uh, well, they were, well, they were like eight at the time. They didn't understand what the fuck I was doing. Um, they, they were like, no, that sounds weird. You're weird. And so I had to do it all, <laughs> all on my own. And legit, was, they're not wrong. Yeah. It was a lot of like playing and pausing and, but it was a really, really nice experience. It was like, it was, it made sense because sounds were coming from all over the place. Yeah. And yeah. Something, I have the liner notes here next to me, basically talking about how uh, CDs naturally will fall in and out of sync with each other. Like, you know, if you play two of the same track at the same time on a CD player, it's going to eventually fall out of sync, maybe like, you know, two, three minutes out. And that was the experience. Like the songs would transform as you listen to them. Yeah, that's like... um that's something that that was that was a little lost on me, um, since I only listened, of course, to the uh, the down mixed version. Um, what was the the name of it? That's just the the mix down, <laughs> right? No, but like it has like it had like a name in the uh, oh some dude's name, I think, right? It's literally just some dude's name, yeah, Sam Bell's says, four disc mix. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, um, but you could really tell it's like, it, it very much felt like, um, when you watch a movie that was very obviously made for 3d, but not <laughs> in 3d. Yeah. Like yeah. people kept reaching at the screen. Uh, but yeah, exactly. You, like they just like kind of get to the edge there and you, they, you don't really feel the 3d effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like Sylvester Stallone's head was really big. Um, when I was watching spy kids, 3d and 2d. Um, but it, it didn't, it didn't pop out of the screen at me. Huge. No, no, that, no, no. Spy Kids 3D was the last 3D movie I remember seeing that still used the red and blue stereoscopic glasses. Same here, yeah. I miss them. Before they, they before they switched to the like polarized ones. They gave you the cool like red and blue 3D. They had like a Spy Kids uh design, didn't they? They did. Yeah, it was like uh like spy gear. It looked all futuristic and shit. Yeah. I remember I went to go see that uh, at the movies in 3D, and then we went to McDonald's next door, and then I threw up. That's why I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a classic experience. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I did notice that a lot throughout the album, which, like, it wasn't, like, disorienting, because I think the person who did the, Sam Bell, who did the down mix, did, like, a really good job keeping it in sync. But it does mean I kind of missed a fundamental part of the experience, which I'm I'm fine with. I'm fine being the exact midpoint uh, between the, the two Pitchfork writers on this one. Yeah. 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 Uh, just, just being r- right in the middle. I, I was listening to it on my, like, on my Bluetooth headphones while on a walk, which is like, <laughs> on a walk is the last way you're supposed to be able to experience this album. <laughs> there yeah. uh, is. <laughs> you just uh, have four friends, four friends surrounding you. Yeah, yeah. Two, you four guys, four walk. guys with boomboxes on their shoulders <laughs> pointed towards you. That's a family. That can, that can be a family. <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. family could just be four boomboxes and no kids. <laughs> um, uh, there are official down mixes of most of the songs, except for, um, what's the name of that fucking song? It is The Train Runs Over the Camel But Is Derailed by the Gnat, uh, and um, March of the Rotten Vegetables, which are the two songs that benefit actually the most from the four-disc format. And the the actual, like, official down mixes are extended. They have different lyrics. They have, like, new verses. It's really interesting to see how they kind of thought that they were going to turn these into one-disc songs, and then instead they did the soft bulletin, and we're all ha- better for it. Yeah. was the Were the lyrics of Machine in India good in that no, version? No, 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 no. It's, <laughs> it's actually four minutes instead of ten minutes, so maybe it's a little bit more tolerable, but it's, like, no different. 
Okay. Yeah. So I, we're already starting to talk about the tracks. So we may as well get going. Um, so the first track is, okay, I'll admit that I really don't understand. Which is what everybody says when they listen to a mix down for the first time. They really, <laughs> they really got meta with that one. Yeah. It, okay, it's so also this one, the this entirety one comes, of what the lyrics are. Yeah. Uh, with this one, I could really like um, the the way that they they produced the the recording was like intentionally amateurish. Like, I, it's not even yeah. just that it was like it was like mixed to clip, basically. Like every everything was really blown out, but it really just sounded like they were playing like the most basic stuff just to get the feel of the of the space. Yeah, he wasn't really doing much here, right? No, it's actually based off that one uh, piano chord. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you could elucidate that because like I'm just like trying to grab my bullshit baby music terms and be like, what are, what are they doing here? Oh, music? The, Is it coming from the green or from the black? <laughs> I love that. Uh, the the drums the drums have like the drums are like not not recorded super clearly. It's kind of distant, but it also has a big gated reverb effect on it. So yeah, yeah. they sound yeah. both big and far away. So the CD layout for this one if you can imagine it, is CD number three is the guitar and the singing, which is the, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the mix drum- down keeps that in the center channel largely. Exactly, yes. The drums and bass are on CD number one. Uh, mm-hmm. So you get that coming out of entirely one other area. And CDs number two and number four have the vocal melodies, which is the, okay. which I guess kind of, you I. If you hear it described that way, you can kind of sort of get the stereo picture of what's going on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that is, it's, I, I suppose it's like a demo of the whole, like, four disc. It's like a proof of concept. You're right. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly like, what, that's, that's like how they I would recorded this one that. first. Yeah. Yeah. They were just like, okay, fine. Let's, like, are we physically capable of doing this? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, yeah. I mean, knowing, knowing, knowing as much as, knowing, like, as little as I do about, like, the actual studio recording process. Like, it could just be a lot. It just seems like you could just record an album and then release it like this. It does kind of seem if that you're way. Doing, if you're doing, unlike, unless you're, like, a real, like, studio, studio band. Like, one that, the kind of people that get Steve Albini to do their recording because they're just, like, make us sound like we sound live. Yeah. And then they just, they, they mic up their full set and just do everything. But, like, a lot of people will just record, like, I'll record the guitar part, and then I'll record the drum part, and then I'll record the vocals. Especially, like, bands like, you get bands like, like, Beirut and stuff, where it's just, like, one guy who plays 800 instruments. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could easily, well, not easily, because you might have to, like, account for sync. But yeah. not, not really these days with, like, MP3s. Um, but you could very easily, like, portion out parts of a song and make it into a four disc thing these days maybe well, yeah, especially if like you re- if you release the stems for your music someone yeah. could just make i mean people do just make like uh 5.1 dolby versions of albums like there's official ones true, but sometimes yeah. people just make them out of stems yeah 
I mean, there's 5.1 Dolby versions of like eight Flaming Lips albums, isn't there? They, no, I feel like, like that's 30. a thing that they did. Yeah, <laughs> we call and it. As far as like, as far as like working on uh, an album, like a small piece at a time and passing it back and forth, like people have been doing that, like even non digitally for a while. Like uh, we talked about previously, how um, like Elephant Six bands would do that, and uh, like Port- Portis Head famously never actually gets together and records their albums. They they like uh, they do everything remotely. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the Postal Service was done, like, all over email. Yeah. Wait, wait weren't they called the Postal Service because it was Postal Service? They, like, sent it via... <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Uh, so here's one for here's one for Matt. Like, I'm not Canadian, but if they were called Canada Post, it would would have taken much longer for the album to come out, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's one. Uh... I, I, I respect one. the work. I respect the workers of our national poster, postal service, but I do not respect their administration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, let's move on to riding to work in the year 2025. You're invisible now. the your in the title is supposed to be that way it, it apparently is um <laughs> it's it's the wrong your it should have been why it should have just been why are invisible now yeah, uh, yeah to, absolutely to, it should to, have been make YR. It, to make it punk we are um, why are we are why are supporters on this podcast a hundred percent hundred percent we love why are uh but yeah i think this this for me at least might be the strongest song on the record like it's the one that i see that could be the most it could have been on the soft bulletin if they really wanted it to be mm-hmm. no yeah i could i mm-hmm. could see that oh um, well, yeah so this this song was later down mixed to stereo as a b-side of waiting waiting for a superman single in 1999 so that tracks yeah uh-huh. and they put it on a greatest hits compilation which also tracks i, I would say that that's one of the best Fleming lip songs yeah it's kind of cliche to say it, but like, there's definitely a lot of Beatles influence here. Like, especially with the piano chords that are on one and three. Um, like, that's a that's kind of a Beatles trademark, especially like how they were in the late '60s. The the thing about it is like, it, it very much does feel like when all the bands in the '60s discovered stereo panning at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they they didn't just discover stereo panning; they they discovered 100% stereo panning. Yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. I don't know if you remember those early Beatles albums with stereo, but they're very, um, Ringo is entirely in your right ear and it hurts. It sucks ass. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, the, none of them were really designed for, like, headphones no. as no. much as having two two speakers. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, this song is, um, it's basically, I'm going to read, like, part of the, uh, the... The, the, the liner notes here, uh, mostly just because this song is about a co- co- kind of comfortable paranoia that I feel like everybody has a certain amount of. No. Uh, the character in the song imagines that he's a secret agent on his way to work in the distant future. In his own mind, he's the most important distant man future. on the planet. It's in four years. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> that was Shit, like, fuck. <laughs> that was 30 years away, close to when this song was written. Now it's four. <laughs> oh, no. It's less than four. Uh, yep. it's, it's about a guy trying to like collapse into insanity 
And the record kind of has this overarching, uh, like, kind of theme. Um, I forgot to read from the very beginning of the, um, the, the liner notes that were basically, <laughs> they're a little problematic. Um, yeah. Basically being like, one day while on tour in Europe, uh, I, we were driving and listening to the news of the day on the radio. A newscaster with a British accent said, civilization of the, as we know it is breaking down in Zaire, in Africa. And then Wayne goes ahead and says, to me, since then, to me, the word Zaire has always been synonymous with trouble, which is beyond fucked up. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Wayne. Jesus Christ. Like it, it was a well-meaning guy from Oklahoma makes terrible gaff. Uh, <laughs> and... I think this kind of, like, bleeds into that, sort of, where it's just, like, he's trying to get the feeling of, like, going nuts, which is just, like, I don't know, like, just write yeah. the song, man. <laughs> the, for the for the second half of the song, there's, like, um, there's a distorted, uh, like, string line in the background, um, and what I wrote down was, it's kind of like a detuned radio, and then, of course, I immediately said, Karma Police arrest Wayne Coyne, he's like a detuned radio. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that this album and that album came out the same year? It sure did, yeah. God. What a fucking That's also year. This, and also, more importantly, it's the same year that The Fury of the Aquabats by the Aquabats came out. Oh, yeah, but album of the year. <laughs> album of the year, 1997. Number one fuck anthem, 97. <laughs> Number one fuck anthem is the Mormon superhero album <laughs> by the Aquabats. <laughs> okay, computer, I'll admit I really don't understand. <laughs> Hey, um, also, this is know, one this, of this. This does just seem like a, a really classic capitalist anxiety song. Um, yeah. so this, this could have just been on OK Computer. Yeah. Like there, there's a lot of songs about that that were written in 97. And uh -huh. this song kind of. even know, they don't even know how much worse it's going to get. Oh, they were they completely have no fucking idea. Oh my God. Amazon wasn't even like a thing. <laughs> they don't even have the gig economy yet. <laughs> They were like, oh, cell phones, like it's it's worse as bad as it can get. No, 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 no. Oh, they, just they, they thought they thought that the Democrats still cared about labor. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This song also ends with like a weird religious thing, which is I think Wayne's hallmark. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he loves In to be like, what's Christ? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the panoramic scene, the landsca landscape's grand design, the moment overtakes your life. In the silver morning sun, the worst is magnified. It makes you see the it, it makes you see the use of Christ. Which I don't know what that means. I think it's like when the worst is magnified, it makes you see the like the purpose of religion as like you know like the soothing balm, like the uh, right the thing you look to in the time of crisis. Which, like, that would make it, as for Wayne Coyne, one of his more reasonable random religious statements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's like, okay, I, I get it. And not like, I'm going to lick God's dick or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I went to Jesus and told him to post hole. <laughs> <laughs> Their new we album post has- hole here, sir. That was more of that was more of a Neil Young voice. It was. It, it was, was a little bit. Their uh their new album, which is, by the way, actually decent, uh, has a song on it called At the Movies on Quaaludes. And I can't remember really what the song sounds like, except uh for I just imagine him going, I'm at the movies on Quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs> that that's kind of a, a theme of uh Flaming Lips song titles in the late period. Like, cause they did that, uh, that collab song with Lightning Bolt called I'm Working at NASA on Acid. That's true. 
<laughs> and it kind of whipped. I think it, the lightning bolts, the lightning bolt stuff was some of my favorite of the collab stuff. Yeah. It was uh, pretty and good. And I think yeah. it's just because lightning bolt is fucking good. I want to get high, yeah. but I don't want brain damage is really good. <laughs> uh, but also I, unrelatable. Don't yeah. care if I destroy this meat sack. <laughs> fucking useless up there. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Let's fucking go. I want it gone. <laughs> All right. Next, we've got 35,000 feet of despair. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> the lyrics on this one sure suck. Yeah, this is like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It's a shame the pilot's gone insane. I'm, I'm just going to keep doing my Neil Young impression because I can't summon <laughs> Wayne voice right now. I just, um, I... Just, just, just like a nice, uh, like, textual suicide in the middle of your song. Thanks. Right. Yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear any more songs about, like, a guy who's losing his mind. Like, I get it. Like, you were having, like, a big creative crisis in the, in the late, the late 90s, not 90s, God. So, it's big, <laughs> in the late 90s, you were having a crisis. Um, yeah, you were British having- people be like, the late 90s. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it, you were having a crisis, but, like, do we really need to hear about it? Like, well, it's so stupid, because it's just, like, the pilot's gone insane. He killed himself. That's the whole thing. He doesn't get into anything else. It's just like, isn't it fucked up that he killed himself? <laughs> it's the song equivalent of, like, if there were two guys on the moon and one killed the other with a rock, would that be <laughs> fucked up or what? <laughs> <laughs> if, if there were two guys on the moon and you could see the silhouette of the other guy killing the of the guy killing the other guy, would it be fucked up or what? Win coin. Yeah. <laughs> Comma, arrested. Th- this was the first track on the album where I... For where I started to realize that um, even in the mix down, things were starting to get a little bit out of sync. And I think that's probably just how it was recorded. Yes. <laughs> Specifically the um, like the the line where he goes in the beam of the searchlight. Uh, mm-hmm. That is never going to be in sync on all four discs because that is just how it was. It, it, it's one of those, like Matt was saying, the 3D effects that don't really show through. Yeah, yeah. It's cool when and, they surround you, but not when they're coming out of one speaker. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, it it kind of made me feel like it should be in, like, a movie soundtrack more than it should be on an album as a Flaming Lips song. Because yeah. it doesn't have a whole lot uh, lyrics-wise, and there's, like, the, the kind of strings, the orchestral thing mixed with the, like, jazzy wah-wah guitar, which is, like, very Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> who does is another feel... man who should be arrested, by the way. Yes. Like, this is this album is full of men that should be arrested. Uh, <laughs> he, he mentions the CD layout in the liner notes here, uh, which is fine, I guess. Um, the story is told from the perspective of a news guy reporting from the airport as the plane comes in to land on CD number one. CD number two is the pilot's still sane side as he walks down the aisle on the way to the bathroom. CD number three is the sound of the airport accepting a sad, heavy nighttime arrival. CD number four is the not-sane side of the pilot, unconnected and eerie. Vocals are run through a series of effects. Sure. Sure. There's a whole... Okay, so 
after this, when they toured this album, they did the boombox experiments, which were 40 boomboxes in a rock venue. And they did like three songs that sounded like this. And they were way better. They were just not trying on this one. <laughs> this this album is going to be the next one that the teens pick up on TikTok after The Caretaker, I think. <laughs> Fucking God. <laughs> They're going to duet all four discs. <laughs> it is like truly astounding the kind of stuff like the Spotify algorithm and TikTok teens have like have oh, gotten yeah. super into like there are so many fucking teenagers into lemon demon right now it's insane what the hell <laughs> like so many <laughs> wait really yeah no yeah, like a ton absolutely i feel they, like they, there ever were when they we were hunt younger. down the old fans and ask them questions about lemon demon <laughs> you they know neil's still alive right <laughs> oh yeah but yeah. neil's not gonna answer their questions he's much can, less I, online I these days <laughs> That yeah, is... He has a child. He has a child. So like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like the the teens that share videos of like '90s teenagers being like, "Oh, I wish I was them." <laughs> oh yeah, like I was born in the wrong generation. I wish I was there when the Ultimate Showdown came out. One. <laughs> I was there when the E Bombs World song came out. No, you don't wish you were there. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> although one, although there there is something that is so like nostalgic about um, like rampant I r- like rampant theft of independent musicians like property um, yeah. being something that people actually look down upon. Yes, <laughs> as opposed to like the the complete fucking free for all that is uh, trying to do anything online and make money off of it now. <laughs> right. I say as like a relentless music pirate, I'm also one who buys a lot of music, so you know. Same. As somebody who wishes people would pay for my music, I also pirate so much shit. But so much. like it's fine. <laughs> That's why you just you gotta upload your own stuff to redacted so that it's all neutral leech and no one gains off of it. I do and nobody downloads it and it gets deleted. <laughs> <laughs> Sad. <Uh-oh. laughs> Rip in peace. F. Um, Alright, oh. so now, now we really uh, gotta. We do gotta we have move to do on. this one. <laughs> this next the one. The next one is a machine in India. so much wrong with it why yeah, is so this song f- 10 fucking minutes long <laughs> yeah there's that and also it's just like I-, I feel like it's part of that thing of the white psychedelic musicians having the obsession with india that's been a thing for the last 60 years oh, yeah. yeah the beatles they really fucked shit up it. the beatles really <laughs> did fuck their shit up um at least someone whose family is from india <laughs> Yeah. I do not have enough cultural cachet to make any further statements. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, like, at least the Beatles had enough, like, mental, uh, like, wherewithal to be like, actually, what's going on here is a little fucked up. Let's go. And then they did songs that are like, that the whole, the whole shit was really fucked up. This, this has not, no such, like, reflection. Oh, yeah. No, Wing Coin has never at any point had any sense of self reflection. (laughs) Like this is, 
Nor would he ever have like an Indian person in the studio. Like the Beatles had Ravi Shankar over all the time. Right. <laughs> For they smoked weed with that guy constantly. Yeah, like the, the Wayne does not know a single Indian person. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um so this song's about okay. <laughs> so uh, the concept of the song, says Wayne, is based around a conversation I had with Michelle, his ex-wife, about the other world she was in during her menstrual periods. It's a man trying to write a song about periods. Um, man, and it sure well, is. That makes it so much worse than I, than just <laughs> him having a weird vagina fixation in general, which he does. It's yeah. like Hideo Kojima level bad. Oh, yeah. Remember when he would just like post pictures of his wife when he was inside her? Yeah. like, And he would post pictures of his dick while peeing on Instagram? <laughs> yeah. His glittery Wait. dick. <laughs> <laughs> that that really describes Wayne Coyne, glittery dick. Uh, yeah. The lyrics to this are really, really, really bad. Uh, yeah. I'm going to India. As soon as he starts singing <laughs> about the Syrian missile. Over again. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm literally trying to quote the song, and I'm still turning into Neil Young impression. I don't know why this is happening. Um, so I'm going to just start saying fuck Monsanto into the mic. Really, <laughs> really, really, Sam. Really, I'm going to go get my Pono. Fuck. <laughs> Your little Toblerone. <laughs> my little yeah. Toblerone. Your flack Toblerone. <laughs> Uh, so this song is really bad, um, musically and in the, and lyrically and uh, emotionally, but I think that they did a really nice thing here with the, when in the four disc version, because eventually over time it is super lush on all discs. Like there is no shortage of things happening in the song. And once you get- The song would be great if he never sang- Exactly. <laughs> what's the what's the thing that's like it's it's like almost like it sounds like kind of like a string sample that's in the yeah. background that like it repeats but it's always like offbeat. The boing, yeah. boom boom. Yeah, the boing. It, it, I like says, that. He it's says really pleasant. It's a cartoon sounding glip or a machine sound implying the clock like mechanicalness of nature. Sure. Why the okay. fuck not? Sure. Yeah, exactly. I, really, I liked that sound. Thank you, Wayne, for that sound specifically, and almost nothing else here. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else ha- should be happening here. But the the I think the most transcendent part of this album is when the bugs hit on all four discs, like the bug sounds. Yeah, yeah that um, one's cool. That's cool. That is where I'm. It was like, very oh, confusing shit. when I was walking because I thought I was getting attacked <clears throat> by locusts. <laughs> When it's Matt. when it's all uh, when it's all mixed together, it kind of um, the the dense the density of it kind of makes me think of like um, person pitch era panda bear. Yes. <laughs> oh, good shit. It feels yeah. like the middle of God, can you when imagine that a four? Can you imagine a four disc version of person person God. pitch? Oh, that hell would yeah. sound fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'd lose my goddamn mind. Uh, I wish <laughs> Noah would publish some stems now. Then. Yeah, yeah. So, like, out of any albums that I'd love to hear four disc versions of, let's just run. Let's just run this down because we're gonna end up saying it anyway. Um, I would love to hear person pitch like that. Broken social scene self titled. Broken social scene self titled is a good one. Um, Dan Deacon's Bromst. Yeah. Uh, with all Max those fucking Tusk. player pianos. Tusk. Tusk, yeah. Um, I would love to hear Since I Left You by the Avalanches like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, any, ver- any version, any even even the sample reduced versions would sound fucking sick. Uh, Night Ripper. Oh, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, Echo I mean, Vessel's Night LA Ripper, soundtrack. Night Ripper, 
Night Ripper. Echo Vessel's LA soundtrack. Yeah. Echo Vessel's LA soundtrack. The thing about Night Ripper is you could just as- assemble your own version. He was using like all public stems for that shit. Yeah. yeah. You you could just make that your. I would take any of the Mouth albums in four discs if, if oh, Neil yeah. really wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because the, oh, yeah, all the Mouth albums are just built with rock band stems. Every single one of them. To, this to go back, uh, to go back a couple episodes, maybe Yellow House. Ooh, Ooh, yeah, that'd be sick. That'd be that would just be lush. I think anything where you have a lot of uh, vocal harmonies would be really good for it. Because then yeah. you get to like, because you know, in in a in a in a normal album's down mix, like they are d- making all the decisions on like you know the volume, the proximity, the stereo pan of all their harmonies. When you're like playing on different stereos at different volumes from different parts of the room, you can really get a different sense of it. You can, you can really feel the distance between the voices a lot better. Cause I know, I know some people who have like just the way they listen to music is like, they'll have a really hard time picking people's voices out of a harmony. Yeah. Um, I've gotten better at it, but I'm still not very good unless I'm very familiar with the voices. Yes, precisely. You know what? Like, uh, like like Steph can't even uh, tell sometimes on uh, on the Sufjan Stevens tracks where he has other singers which one's him oh, shit. that that sometimes it blends that well for people. I have the same problem. I can barely tell when Suf is singing on big harmonies. Yeah, and I I, I can usually pick him up pretty quick. What, what I've been trying to do is seeing if I could pick any Clark out on Illinois. Oh, I know shit. she's in there. She's there somewhere. She's there, but <laughs> Daddy will be home. Daddy will be home. <laughs> um, I, I was just thinking, maybe the Age of Odds or the J. Paul leak album. Oh yeah, God, I hope J. Paul releases a real album. Yeah, one can hope. Like one the hope. the edited version of uh, the leak was not good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I have both versions in my library for just Same. completionist reasons. I would- um, and yeah, no, I, I really prefer the. Uh, well, I mean, I prefer the single version of BTSTU over either of the album versions. Yes. Because the single version was just a better mix. But I also well, like the, the spooky, scary Halloween mix that he put on his website. Oh, yeah. That one was cool. I wish it was longer than a minute. So before we before we end up having to discuss the line, the Syrian missile guides itself into the vaginas, we I should mean, do probably... we need to discuss it? You just said it. So there it is. <laughs> that's a line that's in this one. That is a line that's in this one. Let's let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the train runs over the camel but is derailed by the gnat. Has a, has a nice history. Uh, it is actually, uh, it goes back to uh, transmissions from the satellite heart. It is nice. okay. It is the one song on here that was uh, Ronald Jones era. It was. It's called Stephen's Weird Thing, and it's on one of the EPs. <laughs> uh, that explains a lot because this one sounds the most like a like a normal '90s alt rock track to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this this was there before um, before all of this. And I think it's better here. <laughs> yeah. However, it's the only song where everything sounds like it's just kind of out of sync. <laughs> uh, yeah, for no sure. No matter what. <laughs> what did y'all think? The, the fact I think that I kind of like this one. 
<laughs> I, I do like it. The the fact that it sounds so much like it should be on the radio with the Goo Goo Dolls um, <laughs> made me like imagine some morning DJ having to say the entire title of this song in DJ voice. It like, really that was just the sounds like lips it with sounds... the train runs over the camel, but is derailed by the gnat. It Come sounds like next, an old timey parable. <laughs> like, like it seems what? like it seems like it would have been like a Bible story. Yeah, oh my it would God. have like some kind of like message to it. Yes, which precisely. I think is probably what he was going for. Was making it sound like a par. Well, that they were going for is making it sound like kind of like a parable title. I just googled it to try to see if it was like an old story, and then I found that someone um, did a Zyrica listening party at a pub I used to go to in Hamilton, recorded the audio for it, and released it for free on Bandcamp. So I'm absolutely going to be listening to that later. <laughs> Fuck, nice. isn't that then just? You get- well, it's just like it's it's straight up just piracy, yes. Um, but it's like um, <laughs> then you also get the room sound of the pub. Yes, yeah. you get as the, part yeah. of the recording. You get the maple leaf sound, which is just the Canadian like room tone. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> my friend works at this pub, so I'm probably going to show it to her too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, according to the liner notes, um, basically, it was it's supposed to be like a speech by some scientist slash preacher. But when he steps up to the podium, which is just held by a thread, it eludes him and he's left there kind of talking in circles about an idea that he forever seems to be on the verge of knowing, which is kind of like lyrically. It's like a lot of soft bulletin songs where it's just like a guy is sad. (laughs) Yeah. And in a meta sense, it kind of just describes Wayne Coyne's relationship with the world and reality. Yeah trying to be like a preacher kind of guy, but he just kind of ends up talking about whatever. He just keeps talking about his glittery dick. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's my dick. I can't even do Wayne Coyne voice anymore. I used to be able to really do it. Um, <laughs> well, we all know how good I am at it, so. I think the most beautiful part of the song is the Stephen Drozd at the end going, la, 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 la. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. Yeah, we, yeah. Got, we got some na-na's, hey-hey's, la-la's, and doot-doos. Yeah, it's it's th- th- that's the four things a song needs to be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a and a Casio beat at the end, which I swear one of my keyboards makes this exact beat that we're hearing at the end. <laughs> like, did Strongbad make this song? <laughs> he may have. Yeah. Uh, in two thousand seven, for the tenth anniversary of uh, of Zyrica, the the Fleming Lips released a fifth disc of the album, and um, I didn't include it in the mix down that I gave y'all because I don't think that. That, that counts as a release. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it would just fall under, like, the same kind of category as, uh, like, a remaster, remix version would, which, like, if we're covering the initial review, then we're covering the initial album, right? Exactly. That's just how it's got to be. Exactly. But the fifth disc actually makes a lot of the songs fuller. Like, songs like, okay, I'll, I'll admit... Uh, a machine in India is actually greatly improved by the fifth disc. Do they put stuff over him while he's singing? Because the, the kind of the thing that that does that song a disservice is how little is in the mix when he's singing. Exactly. Like it, it actually puts stuff over what the fuck he's singing. Uh, <laughs> just like delete. They, they actually just put the negatives of his vocals on that track, so it just cancels it out. <laughs> I'm going to make my own fifth disc and it's just going to have Wayne Coyne vocal negatives on it. <laughs> but That's this, fine. That'd, be a, that'd be a really cool effect in like a stereo setting. It would like, be honestly, obviously, yeah. obviously with a mix down, like they're just going to straight cancel out. But like if you did that in a room, that'd sound fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> there is, I think, like a, a, a remix of Tom's Diner by Suzanne Vega. 
that is like a cancellation of like the first version of the MP3 and the highest quality like wave of it, and it leaves yeah. behind all the compression. And it's so fucking cool. Oh yeah, that sounds like that sounds like something that Dan Deacon would make. <laughs> <laughs> it does a little bit. Like uh, the call me maybe layered. Call me exponentially. maybe 147 times exponentially layered. Yeah, yeah, fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> fucking sickest really song good. of all time. Uh, yeah, this song is pretty good. It's it's very it has a history. Uh, it's not the the song from this album that was performed on the Zyrica tour, but it should have been. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are one exactly one song from this album made it to tour, and we'll talk about it later. But like, damn. <laughs> All right, so next we've got How Will We Know Futuristic Crashendos. This is, songs this is to the song with the motherfucker with. noise in it. Yeah, it's like the dog sound. <laughs> yeah. It really made... I was excited to hear it, because I was like genuinely convinced that I'd lost all my high frequencies ages ago, <laughs> but this confirmed to me that I am still young, and that I was absolutely <laughs> suffering listening to this on my walk. <laughs> yeah. like I was visibly with, with, cringing. <laughs> with headphones on, your teeth start hurting by the end of it. Yeah. like I, 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 I use a pair of like like mid-range quality bluetooth headphones that have like the really really in the ear style mm. so like the the rubbery end and then you like really cram it in there um so this was coming very close to my eardrum uh david yeah. thankfully uh does have access to a version without that mixed in so you guys will not be hearing it um <laughs> uh, because we love our audience we don't hate them like wayne coin does yeah yeah um Wayne added this to the song, and I'm here's the thing. I'm choosing to say that all the bad decisions were Wayne's and all the good decisions were everybody else's. Um, <laughs> CD number two is the song without all the hell sounds. CD number one is frequencies between 20 hertz and 14 kilohertz. CD number three is between 10 hertz and 14 kilohertz. CD number four is between 7 hertz and 10 kilohertz. Uh, there are multiple warnings in the um, in on the album cover and inside the uh the liner notes being like, hey, please don't let your baby listen to this. Uh, please don't listen to this while driving. And it's based on a, like, a, it's based on an urban myth about listening to high frequencies <laughs> at high volume for extended periods of time. Uh, though their t- hearing was temporarily impaired, participants of a, of a study recorded reported feeling as if they could predict the future. No. <laughs> Dude, it's fucking iDoser. <laughs> it's a Oh my fu- god, they did, they made iDoser. <laughs> they invented iDoser. <laughs> I can't believe, like, Wayne Coyne would have been really into Idozer because oh, yeah, the person sure. I know who was really into Idozer was really into the Flaming Lips. <laughs> yeah, I'm remembering this David now. also knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, the, the first time I was listening to this, I very much was driving, so. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, shit. God damn it. Yeah. I can't believe so David's actually, fucking I'm, dead. I'm dead now, but it's fine. Um. <laughs> Did you know that iDozer is on Spotify? It is? Oh my you god. You can download and listen to iDozer. Oh no, I, I did know this because uh, kids on TikTok found it. Oh Jesus Christ. And they're, like, well, I mean, like, the kids on TikTok are also getting into those fucking, like, uh, 
that one fucking Russian guy who made a bunch of numbers for affirmations that you can use to like bring money into your life, <laughs> who was like, I think literally executed by the Soviet state uh, for being a scam artist. Ma- Matthew Lesko? <laughs> Not. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to look him up. I'm going to try to actually find his name. Um, Dude, I can't believe Matthew, Matthew Lesko is also dead. <laughs> Matthew, <laughs> Matthew oh, they're, they're called they're called uh, Grabavoy numbers. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so like Idoser is the exact kind of scam that kids on TikTok would peddle and get into. Here's the thing: I love the idea that Matthew Lesko was executed by the Soviet state. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're we're calling that can now. Um, so <laughs> you discovered that by listening to this while driving. <laughs> <laughs> That's so a, not only not only is Matthew Lesko going to be executed by the Soviet state, um, the Soviet state is also coming back. <laughs> Folks, we said communism was going to win, and we were fucking right. <laughs> They're back. <laughs> They're back. A dinosaur story. Fuck. Uh, this song could have been on the soft bulletin, too. It's one of the... It's yeah, very... Uh, for sure. Yeah. They did play this live once without the frequencies. Which is good. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine, though? The, just- the only people who are actively trying to damage their audience's hearing are My Bloody Valentine and Fuck Buttons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do love the idea, though, of uh, Wayne Coyne just pumping out, like, high-frequency sounds to an entire crowd of people who are gone off their fucking minds. <laughs> oh, yeah. They'd love it at the time. Oh, yeah. It'd be, it'd be so wonderful to them. <laughs> they Just do it at the bubble shows. That should filter out some of the, some of the worst frequencies. <laughs> The thing about the bubble show is, like, it's probably hot in those things, right? Oh, yeah, there's no fucking way I would do that unless um, it was the middle of winter. Yeah, like, I, I, sure, fine, have a show like that, that's not technically bad, but, like, I'd probably sweat my, like, my shit out the whole time, right? Also, like, how do you sanitize those bubbles? They, I think there's, they have like a professional cleaning crew come in between shows. Sure. It's gotta be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like, COVID doesn't really spread by like surface, even though that's like, like everyone has focused on for, for cleaning. So as long as you just get the air out of there, it's probably fine. Yeah. And, uh, you gotta you got ventilate like those same, things afterwards. <laughs> this is like the same thing that they use to um, like set people up to watch the northern lights in like the super northern climates. Wait, is they it? Set yeah, them, yeah, yeah. They set them up in bubbles like that. Fucking rules. And yeah, it's sick. I really need to go to the Arctic at some point. It just seems sick. Yeah, just like in general, I feel like I should move there. Yeah, yeah. You can you can uh, start um, like riding around with snow dogs everywhere. Yeah, like Cuba just Gooding like, Jr. Just like Cuba Gooding Jr. Just like Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> like Matthew Lesko, who has the Soviet state coming for him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's currently uh, hiding out in Siberia, but they'll find him. They'll find him. Uh, I think I've said all I can about this one. <laughs> yeah, I like the lyrics on this one. They're, they're like they're the they're the kind of nonsense lyrics that I like to hear Wayne Coyne say because they're not gross. Yeah, they're yeah. not about like dicks or like balls crushing the existence <laughs> of any small effects we've had, or is it some supersonic flux invented in the future, blowing up so hard you could hear it before it happens? How will we know? Exactly. Sure. Like it, it's why fine. the fuck not, buddy. Yeah, it's it's not like he would be writing ten years later uh, from the perspective of Gwen Stefani masturbating. Oh my god! Oh boy, you know what's that's uh it overtakes me. Don't like it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Was she involved in this in any way? No. 
Ah, we get we love it. <laughs> and then he submitted it to Gwen Stefani, and of course she said no. <laughs> yeah, you'd think so. Um, the thing is, is like Wayne Coyne could easily get someone who would do that. Miley Cyrus probably would have done it if he asked. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. But then also, if he wrote a song from the perspective of Miley Cyrus masturbating, um, then he would be killed. Billy Ray Cyrus would hunt him. <laughs> the devil in Wayne Coyne ruined about. his life. <laughs> he would say much to think about. Oh, man. All right. That, so next, yeah. next we've got March of the Rotten Vegetables. my favorite steve droz drum solo of all time <laughs> this one is just cool i'm this fully one, on this board one, this with one really this. works with the uh with the concept i think yeah i, I actually like i really want to just um i don't really have like several things that can play cds but i do have a graveyard of old phones with speakers that still work <laughs> and a lot of bowls yeah <laughs> so i can true. do this like i can do this like um like line cook kitchen style Yes, I'm just going to get a bunch of metal bowls and put my old phones in them <laughs> and, and listen to this one. Um, this, this one's cool. This one I refer to this one I refer to as the mandatory psycho freak out, which I yeah. call that because of the album. They mean us by the ladies, which has a 12 minute of that at the end. <laughs> is it called that on the ladies album? It is called that. It's called mandatory psycho freak out and it's 12 minutes long. <laughs> I love Rob Crow. Yeah, just the best. <laughs> Not not enough albums have these anymore. No, this one is well, kind yeah, of it's, a... it's it's all about the algorithm now. Yeah, yeah. like they 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 just do whatever the algorithm says, mm-hmm. whatever's cool. And it's like well, sometimes it's lo-fi hip hop, other times it's lo-fi hip hop. Do you guys miss art? <laughs> yeah, I do. I think I kind of miss art. <laughs> yeah, I miss when people would just do things because they wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> I miss hey, when remember, people would remember put... not having to commodify all your interests. Yeah, I, re- I remember... I say as we're recording a podcast. This podcast doesn't make us money, though, so it's fine. <laughs> Smash that like. Smash that like and subscribe, please. Uh, Ring we that need bell. this to live. <laughs> Nicepace.xyz, please. <laughs> please, please, God. <laughs> um, we need yeah. treats for Looker. <laughs> this song is really good. Um, when the, when the uh, kind of drum solo comes in, it goes... It jumps from speaker to speaker, and it is a fucking baller. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it. I think on the on the mix down, they kind of just uh, they kind of just like did that that rotating stereo pan effect, like where it kind of goes left and then front and then right and then back. No, that's how it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's how it, that's how it is on the mix too. Like the 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 person doing the mix down did a very good job with it. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's how it's supposed to sound, but like imagine it in different ends of the room. Uh, right. This is well, about because yeah, like because like the, sp- the speakers can only really appro- like a uh, stereo speakers two of them can only really um, approximate the front and back. Yes, yeah. and whereas uh, otherwise it's like uh, 
like yeah, literal speakers is uh, is is quite quite a different experience. So yeah, that's that's one of the things I, I look forward to in my in my line cook setup that I will make later. <laughs> um, according to to Wayne, the song's about a, the song is music for a cartoon about a group of determined vegetables who feel like the place they're growing is no no good. So they uproot and head for better soil, encountering hardship and heroism along the way as they parade through Meatville. They're booed and then they're attacked by bats, but eventually, before they <laughs> rot, they find better ground. It, that sounds like a fucking uh, like uh, American Tale type movie where there's like a it lot does. of crying animals. This literally just sounds like it, it sounds like you could have just gotten uh, the, the 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 Cuphead studio to animate it. Yeah, and literally sure. just use some of the vegetables from the vegetable level of Cuphead. It sounds like <laughs> there are like American Tale had like clinically depressed animals in it, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> depressed like- and Russian. Yeah, depressed Russian and starving. <laughs> this could be one we of those. We love our Don Bluth films, folks. We do. <laughs> Let, let's bring Don Bluth out of retirement to to make uh, the music video for this in in the, in the year twenty twenty one. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of uh, there would be a lot of like vegetables crying, like weeping, and We're then s- like one 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 guy that a specific subset of furries is really really horny for. Was that Balto? Oh no! I just mean like Don Bluth <laughs> villains no, but have did a Don very Bluth... specific setup. Did Don yeah. Bluth do Balto? He did do Balto. Yeah. Was the Balto villain horny? I can't remember Balto except for the beginning was, and the end. He was pretty horny. He was like, uh, he was like a husky who had like really sharp teeth, and he uh, was voiced by Jim Cummings, who was doing like a really sultry voice. You know what? I'm getting pretty stiff myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, March the Rotten Vegetables is good. It's good. I'm picking up something good. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Y- yeah, it's 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 a drum solo. We love a drum solo. Steven Droz is good at what he does. Yeah, he's just he's just a good artist, and I wish that we could free him from the flaming lips. I wish that like someone could just like tell him he doesn't need to be there anymore. Yeah, like. They should have just, they should have just, uh, Tom York should have just adopted him for Adams for Peace like he did with Flea. (laughs) (laughs) Adams for Peace really is saving all the, um, all the artists from worse bands. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's the purpose of it, isn't it? Yeah, like, they got Tom York from the bad band Radiohead, um, that I've done 20 episodes (laughs) about. They got Flea from the, the Dick Sock band. Uh, they could have gotten Steve Droz from the, from the drug paraphernalia band. Um... And then they got Joey Waronker. I don't know where, where he's from. I think he's just a guy they know. <laughs> he's just a lad from down at the pub. Honestly, that is all Radiohead side projects, because the new one is basically Tom, Johnny, and, like, some bloke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, isn't the uh, isn't the other guy in Adams for Peace just, like, their producer? Isn't it just yeah. Nigel Godrich? <laughs> it's just, like, a guy. <laughs> he's just a guy. He kind of just showed up. <sighs> But yeah, they they. But yeah, no, that would have been pretty cool. That would that would have been a good addition. And like, yeah, because like Joey Ron- Ronker is the drummer, right? I believe yeah. so. So there you yeah. go. You, his you, you uh, his Wikipedia page, his <laughs> Wikipedia page says that he's a session musician who works off, uh, oftentimes with Beck and REM, uh, and also is in Adams for Peace and Ultraista. Oh, I forgot about Ultraista. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then we got one more. Yep, we got- it's called The Big Old Bug is the New Baby Now. And I can plainly see that instead of the stuffed animal, the big old bug is the new baby. Oh, 
this wow, one was this, cute. This is that that is a that is a Tumblr 2012 night blogging if I've ever seen it. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, it <laughs> really is. The 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 big old bug is the new small bean now. <laughs> it, is, it is the new small bean. This is a Tom uh, Oatmeal post. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to kiss all my cute friends. Ooh, the big old bug. <laughs> 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 um. This song was the only one played live. <laughs> really? The, yeah, okay. on the Zyrica tour. Uh, oh my it was, god! It was like, like with a, the speech and everything. Did they just re- did they just say the speech out loud, or did they play a recording of it? They played a recording of the speech, and basically, it was like a weird, like solitary version of like it was almost a cappella because there was none of like the cool, fun, cute like blues clues ass music. It was just like some like xylophone and huh. the speech and then like the dogs at the end on all 40 yeah <laughs> wild and the, i guess this one was one of the other ones that was released as a b-side for race for the prize yes and which like standalone that's a weird combo yeah i mean it's cute like it's a cute story yeah it's like it's like it's, this is like the um emotional inverse of a godspeed track <laughs> <laughs> Like like same same form same concept that way, um, yeah. but like like a completely different kind of recording. It's not a guy just saying, "Open the wallet," and the wallet's full of blood. <laughs> God, we got to do a Godspeed on here eventually. Yeah, it's kind of hard to talk about him for very long though, right. unless you have someone who knows what they're talking about with music, which we don't, and we rarely have guests that do. We'd have to break it up into movements again, because otherwise we have two tracks to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this one is like, I don't know, it's just, it's no point to it, just vibes, I think. Yeah, there's I mean, that's a perfect way to end really an album with like this. going on here. Yeah, yeah. Like, they could have ended it at number seven, but like, uh-huh. this, this is a sweet little like, okay, we're gonna, one, one last ride. We have seven tracks, but the big old bug is the new baby now, so they had to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Wayne at what I think is his best when he's just telling a kind of aimless story about some weird shit that happened to him. Like, yeah, Wayne, Wayne was just like, "I'm the baby, gotta love me." <laughs> <laughs> I'm the big old bug, <laughs> telling a story about the great outdoor fight. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really like the ending where the voices just kind of stack on top of each other until it fades into the sound of, uh, of dogs chasing, because that's, that's how it was recorded. Wayne in the back of a pickup truck and dogs, like a pack of dogs just chasing the, the pickup truck. I like to imagine that that wasn't like pre-planned and the dogs just sensed his vibes and were trying to remove him from the earth. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just a pack of feral dogs that just attacked uh some say that he's still being attacked to this day he can't uh he can't walk around without dogs just chasing the shit out of him he's getting chased by a wild pack of fam the dogs <laughs> it's Went it's like one of my four yards one day <laughs> it's like the same problem that isaac brock has where he can't stop being chased by the hose yeah exactly <laughs> yeah uh, I mean, it's 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 fine. It's a fine ending. It's a fine album. <laughs> yeah, listeners, if you think we're being too incoherent, let us know <laughs> so we can ignore it and continue being like this. <laughs> um, um, we got we got one question on Twitter uh, from a uh, friend of the show, Rose, 
um, who did the uh, the Sleigh Bells episode with us way back in the day, um, asking how hard it was for us to get things in sync. Uh, and Mace, I think, kind of covered that already, since uh, you were the only one who actually did that. <laughs> um, but uh, they also said that they put together a party uh, in high school with friends with the express purpose of listening to it the proper way. Yeah, I feel yeah, like... like I feel like that's a, a, a As much as I, I, I like the idea of creating the the line cook experience with four bowls i feel like the only way i'd actually like enjoy a listen through of this album is if i had some people around um yeah which like thankfully i am allowed to have people in my house again um thanks to my my friends pfizer and moderna um they are not my friends but they have they have uh, been paid by the government to give me juice <laughs> yeah but uh I yeah, feel like no, I w- just it seems like it'd be a reason a, a pretty reasonably fun party. Although um, more likely a party would just be a, we're just going to watch Fast Five again because it's a good film and you just have a good time doing it. Yeah, I feel like if I tried to do a Zyrika party now, like the people I know would just be like, "What the fuck is this nerd shit? Let's watch <laughs> like Pop Star Don't Stop Never Stopping." I mean that movie whips. So yeah, it fucking whips. But like nobody would want to actually listen to the uh, like I would have to explain it and it would sound like some like. 4chan Mew guy talking about music and I would feel yeah. really embarrassed and everybody else would be really embarrassed for me so that's well, just is- how we talked about music back in these days mm-hmm. yeah we it's it's hard to it's hard to come to terms with the fact that we were in the same place too yeah yeah we it, we were also I, judgmental about music. That is yeah. how I feel about all the, the 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 new the newfangled lemon demon fans, as forementioned. Is I just simply remember being cringe, and <laughs> and it is brought back to the fore by the teens these days. If I had been older than eight and also known about the Flaming Lips when this came out, I would have been like, "Oh fuck yeah, bud!" <laughs> but instead, all I was doing is. Um, well, this is too early for me to have been playing Pokemon, so I guess I was playing Tetris. <laughs> yeah. I th- yeah, I think I was just playing a lot of, like, Mortal Kombat <laughs> at four years old. Yeah, we had Mortal Kombat for a grand total of one day before my mom saw us playing it and brought it back to the store. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, my stepdad bought me the GTA double, no, double pack for the Xbox, and Fuck then yes. my mom saw what was going on and they got a divorce. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 See, yeah, no, my uh, my my dad was the one who bought Mortal Kombat. My mom's the one who brought it back. My parents got divorced, and then my dad got us an Xbox with Halo. <laughs> so, and that basically has defined your entire life since then. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. It's, we it's, love uh, you, Matt we, Sparks. <laughs> exactly. We had a... Um, we actually had a Sega Genesis, too, so it was the, it was the version that had the blood. Oh, yeah. shit. Anyway, we, we were not a Super Nintendo family. It's the only Nintendo console I've never actually had. We had a, a thing. Uh, uh, we had a Super Nintendo and we had a Genesis just kind of sitting around. Yeah, I still have a Game Gear to this day. So do I. Actually. And now and now and now uh, Valve is releasing a new Game Gear. They're releasing <laughs> the Gabe Gear. The Gabe Gear. <laughs> it literally just looks like a Game Gear. <laughs> it does look like it does look a lot like a Game Gear. Um my my about as heavy story, as one too. <laughs> my story about a game that I wasn't supposed to play, but I did anyway, was Wolfenstein 3D when I was three years old. Yeah, but then your parents saw, oh, you're killing Nazis. They're not people, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I I was not allowed to have. Well, I was actually I was not allowed to have Grand Theft Auto, but I was allowed to have Halo for some reason, which doesn't make sense. Because you're killing aliens. It's fine. 
No, it wasn't that. It was because my stepdad was really into the army and wanted me to become an army man. And he was oh. like, oh, this is how you'll learn. Well, uh, I mean, say one thing about one, if you could say a negative thing about the earlier Halo games is that they are fairly pro-military. Yeah. Yeah. And if you could say one positive things about the later Halo games is that they are fairly less pro-military. Yeah. Um, is, that, that is the one thing you could say about the newer Halo games that is good and positive. So before we talk about uh, Halo anymore, um, <laughs> let's uh, w- let's revisit one thing about Zyrika, which is: Do either of you have like your one favorite track off of this? March of the Rotten Vegetables, Riding to Work. I think I, think I was enjoying myself the most listening to that one. Yeah, it's like it's a yeah. good, good time. Like, I only I only got like uh, through track four on my second listen, um, and then I fell asleep. And then I woke up in time to do the podcast. Um, and even not having that second listen, it's still the one that stood out the most. So th- that that says a lot about it. I misunderstood yeah. you, and I thought you fell asleep on your walk the first time. <laughs> <laughs> for me, for me, it was probably also rotten vegetables. But uh, like besides besides the lyrics, I did like the sound of uh, machine in India. Um, just like how how big and lush it sounds. Um, but yeah, uh, I'd say for me, this album is neither, uh, a zero nor a very good album. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Like if, if you were to just rate this as an album, it would be like a mid, um, like a, a high six, mid seven. Yeah. 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 Cause like there's, there's enough good tracks on here that I, w- that it wouldn't be a pan. Um, yeah. but I don't think it would reach BNM. No. Just like, no. just by its own virtue. It kind of um, seems like uh, it like, like without, it's got like without two, the concept. Three real good tracks. <laughs> yeah, with without the without the concept and without actually being in the room to properly listen to it, it feels like a very bog standard Flaming Lips album, like without anything super special about it. Yeah, it's kind of like middling if you really kind of strip away everything. Yeah. Which yeah. is like, it, that's what makes it really interesting about just how into it Mark Richardson is because I just, we didn't we didn't really get into like his uh, his his like review of the review, but like his main thing about the album is like it's transient, it's variable, and it's social, and it's like man, you sure don't really get into the lyrics and how bad they are or like <laughs> those are fucking buzzwords. The weird sounds. Yeah, <laughs> these it's all buzzwords, but like I I do understand like seeing it as like. He sees it as like a social experience, something that's variable with the with the mixes, with the syncing. But then he also says that he individually syncs the players every time every time a track starts, which nah. seems like it's missing the point a little. No, yeah. that's that's what you have to do. That sucks. I fucking hate that shit. Uh, it says each track should be played using the synchronized starting p- procedure in the uh, in the booklet. Awful. <laughs> I hate There's it. Like a guide. <laughs> so is is. <sighs> I, is this actually like a thing where on each CD the tracks aren't exactly the same length as each other? No, they're all exactly the same, well, except maybe like a second apart. Okay. Yeah, like I, I imagine that's just to uh, that's to deal with the fact that uh, different CD players will play the gaps differently. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Y- even what? if you have gapless playback, sometimes there's still a skip in there. Yeah, right. like there's like a, me th- listening to music on my phone because the only audio player on my phone since Google Play Music stopped working because the internet of the the, the way that apps are made is stupid. Yeah. Um the only music player on my phone is VLC, which cannot do back, back, gapless playback. That's yeah. so weird that it can't. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, at the beginning, like this this cut gets cut out of every um, 
mixed down. But there is like a voice saying track number one, and then each CD announces itself, which is how you sync. Oh, it up. interesting. Yeah. So it's like this is CD number one, number two, number three, and number four. So you have to kind of get it in in sync, in in like a reasonable like cadence for it to sound right. Yeah, okay. if you want to hear how that sounds, I'm sure you can look up like a video on YouTube of somebody playing all the records at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I I did have that. I'm just going to link this uh, Zyrika listening party at the at the Doors Pub because I am probably going to listen to it later. Uh, yeah. Now that I know it exists, I just posted an episode planning. It, it's literally a free Bandcamp release, and also like it's on Bandcamp, so you can just listen to it there. Oh fuck yeah, I'm going to do that. Nice. Also, this came out on vinyl in 2016, and I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you bought it. You bought it yesterday. Yeah, I bought it yesterday because I can't stop spending money on dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, I I just remember when I was when I was um when I was out for this record store day, there was like a group of teens in front of me, and each and every one of them got a copy of Zyrica. And it's like, dudes, you could have just bought one copy of Zyrica, and then each brought your record player to one of the houses. <laughs> Come on, I guess I, you can't do the track syncing with the vinyl, huh? It sounds yeah. way harder. <laughs> that sounds and, way and harder. And also, you have to like either get one of those cheap record players that has the speaker built in, or everyone has to somehow hook up to the same uh, like uh, stereo receiver. Ugh. Or just you have a bunch of speakers. Like our, ours are just set up to a, a cheap pair of box speakers. Yeah. So if everyone just has a couple of those, but like almost every record player has like a different needle laydown time. Yeah. Right. Even if they're like the same model, like it, it'll, it'll vary. You can just like drop them or at the same time. Like, and even, even when the needle drops, it could drop on a completely different spot on all four of the records. Right. <laughs> it is the most useless novelty bullshit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And of course, so you bought it. So I bought it because I I own Zyrica on CD with no intention of ever playing it on four CD players ever again. Uh, yeah, I mean the thing with me and, and owning physical music is like as as much as it seems like I should, I don't care about playing it ever. Yeah, yeah. same. It's like, a thing to have. I I just I like having stuff. I like I, having the number go up on discogs. Same. I like I own the microphones fog tape and have not played it. Like it's just <laughs> I've played it once. <laughs> Like I, it's just it's it's just vibes for vinyl it's collection. It's just vibes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Although right. with uh, with my house, that means that uh, there any records that I have not played are not allowed on the shelf, so they're still in my milk crates. Oh shit! <laughs> we recently made more space for our records because MG bought a lot of uh, old country records from this place. And oh, fuck that's yeah. sick. We yeah, just, she, we just keep buying uh, IKEA Calax shelves. We have a like a two by four Calax, like two high, four four wide. Yeah, and we have a two by four Calax and a two by two Calax, both in the living room. I'm trying to yep. get a two by two for the living room to put my because uh, right now my record player rests on a Bluetooth table. <laughs> yes, I remember this table. <laughs> <laughs> it is a Victrola brand, which these days means it's garbage. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. Well, so that's, so that's that is Zyrica. Um, that's the Rikis. Th- th- thank you, thank you, Mace, for uh, coming to uh, hear us talk about vaginas and Wayne Coin for a little bit too long. Um, I mean, you say a little bit too long, but do you remember how long the Animal Collective episode was? <laughs> where I said it, it "ooh" after every song. <laughs> where you said "ooh" after every song. <laughs> It it was two and a half hours, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, we Jesus were up in there Christ. for two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't think there was that much to say about this one. No, it was. It just kind of is what it is. Um, yeah, it's like cool concept, Wayne. 
Um, sure. Do what you. I, I, I could say do what you gotta do, but no one should say that to Windcoin. He no, does not he, need to be encouraged. <laughs> what he gotta do is not the thing that, that anybody should be doing ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> anyway, thank you for having me. It was very nice to be on a podcast. Um, we were. We're working on things. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, well, plug some shit then. Oh, shit. I forgot to plug. I was like, I was ready to be like, okay, see you later. Um, <laughs> uh, my my name is Mace. I play music as Echo Vessel. I have an album called Cartoon coming out later this year. Um, I'm going to tell you the release date right now. Well, the general release date of November. Um, nice. Uh, uh, you can see the artwork for it and some songs uh, on my Twitter account. Uh, twitter.com slash echo vessel i'm not on there i hear you post feet yes i post feet the back cover of my album (laughs) is feet it's it's a picture of my feet um (laughs) i i you know have a uh, radiohead podcast called picking up something good uh it's a fucking network baby yeah it's on the same network we are we kind of release episodes we've given up on the weekly conceit and release episodes whenever we want to these days um that's how every podcast should be because (laughs) we we are all have symptoms of mental illness Exactly. We need to, uh, Nikki Flowers and I, who Nikki Flowers is the co-host, friend of the show, um, we need to uh, finish the Radiohead season and then we're going to do something else entirely, which is a lot of fun. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and it's about a band that I don't know much about, but I know, Matt, that you do. <laughs> oh, interesting. Very interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, we do have, uh, picking up something good, a limited on prestige podcast about Radiohead and soon to be about something else. Um, and... I don't... Well, we do that once a year podcast about Star Wars. <laughs> uh, yeah, and also, you should get out of the opening crawl. Oh, yeah. We, we finally got out of the opening crawl. We saw a planet. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have to do this for another 120 years, which is fucked mm-hmm. up. Um, and, yeah. Uh, I don't do anything else anymore except record music. Uh, you'll hear a cartoon later this year, and you'll hear the first... Well, you'll hear a single from it called Tennis for Two very soon. Nice. It's going to be good. Um, I'm David. You can find me on Twitter at at Dave's with three V's. Um, I host this. I currently don't host any other podcasts. Uh, The Stick, I feel like, is going to be on on an indefinite hiatus for a while, just because I don't have the mental capacity to do two podcasts right now. Um, But also, I uh, make music of spinning voices, and on uh, Mace's label Neo Detritus, I just released an EP called Tucson Talk, uh, which is uh, arrangements uh, in synth pop of Swedish folk songs that I learned as a kid. Um, Fucking sad. Buy Tucson Talk. uh, It's uh, probably my favorite thing I've done so far, so yeah, go listen to that at spinningvoices.bandcamp.com. Buy Tucson Talk. Uh, there are still Please No Jutsu tapes available. Please also buy those. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I've got some, I got some cassettes still. There are three Matt, Nikki Flowers uh, cassettes left. <laughs> nice. I'm Matt. I uh, don't record music as anything. Uh, but I do have a Twitter account um, where, my, where I'm, I am Matt GCN, and my picture is a guy with a GameCube for a head, which is drawn by a Game Freak concept artist. And I'm like, can I use this as my icon? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. That's me. That's me, <laughs> that baby. That's you. That's um, you. Sometimes I'll do other podcasts. Um, I'll probably record more episodes of the Pokemon one when the new Pokemon games start coming out. Maybe maybe I'll have someone who who wants to talk about the Pokemon MOBA that I'm absolutely not going to play. Uh, but that someone surely will. It just won't be me. Yeah. 
Uh, MOBAs are strange and confusing to me, and I do not like them. I I refuse to play a MOBA. I will not play Smite. No, thank you, Xbox Game Pass. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so yeah, you can find my Twitter there. And then I also run Noise Space, which functionally just means I troubleshoot everyone's feeds. Um, So there's not really much wrong with them now, but they should at least all get their correct episode artwork again, which has been a consistent problem that I've been having. Thank fuck. (laughs) We love it. And yeah, you'd find all of that at noisepace.xyz and look at my look at the website. I think we made it look pretty nice. Yeah, it's a nice uh, site, which is what I call websites. I, it's like I, I, I conceptually <laughs> just miss websites existing, so it's nice to have one. Yeah, it's nice to have a site. Maybe maybe I'll put a maybe I'll put a forum on it. Who knows? Oh my god, a PHPBB. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Besides the other shows we've uh, mentioned so far, there's other ones like uh, Nana Roy's Nightmare in Era. There's Fear Baiting. Uh, what else? There's um, Kyle XY. Kyle XY? There's City Girls Make Do, which is fucking great. City Girls yeah. Make Do. and Which is <laughs> now County Girls, County make, Girls do, which, make Do, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually there will be more episodes of it, but it's been uh, it's just been really busy for, for both the hosts of that one. And then, of course, we have the Sonic Shuffle, which yes. is all about Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, God, yes. Very important. <laughs> and there's also a new podcast by Dan of the Sonic Shuffle, uh, which is called Video Games, the Movie, the Podcast, which is every month they watch one video game adaptation and, and do like a review watch of it. Hell yes. Which is a very fun concept. And the first episode was on the Super Mario Brothers movie. God, it's going to be a real good one. It's a good one. Movie fans call them movers, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh Thank you to Animal Style for the use of our theme song, Open Air, from the album Open Air. Uh, you can find all their stuff at uh, nmlstyl.com. And thank you to uh, Nikki Flowers, previously mentioned, for making the cover art for Tuning Fork. Everyone go buy We Shop Channel 21, 2021 Mix Remix on yes, Bandcamp. Everyone buy it. It yes, slaps. Yes, please fucking do. It's great. It's so good. <laughs> Nikki is a Nikki's a fucking genius, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> also world record holder for for score in the Garfield game. Yeah, Normal. for the Atari. Normal touch. Normal touch. Normal touch, baby. <laughs> Normal touch. Uh, as we always say, I had never seen a shooting star before. I had never seen a shooting star before. I've never done that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't rig sh- I didn't set up shit. I didn't rig shit. <laughs> I'm done. I didn't I'll see kill any you. Shooting stars. <laughs> <laughs>